0: (laughs) Welcome to the Fallon Forum. Yeah, Halloween week here, folks. Uh, And we continue to bring you, even during this scary time, independent voices and civil dialogue across the gaping political divide. I'm Ed Fallon, your host. I'm not as scary in person as I am on the radio. Uh, We're coming to you from the heart of America's heartland, Des Moines, Iowa, also known as the Cultural and Culinary Crossroads of America. If you like what we do, we can sure use your help, folks. Uh, You can visit the uh, Fallon Forum website. We've got a donations page there. You can um, support us uh, once monthly. If you're a business or a nonprofit, you can also consider becoming a sponsor. And uh, speaking of sponsors, thanks to Gateway Marketing Cafe. That's Des Moines' locally owned and specialty food store. Uh, Gateway's Cafe, open for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery service seven days a week. Uh, Check out Gateway's catering and floral services as well. That's Gateway Marketing Cafe. Uh, Thanks also to Architecture by Synthesis, Uh, Owner Mark Klipschum says, no matter how you plan or renovate your project, uh, use the most energy-efficient methods methods you can afford and the greenest, longest-lasting materials available. That's architecture by synthesis. All right, Charles Goldman with me today, folks. Uh, Dr. Charles Goldman, not dressed in scrubs, though. No, it's my day off. No, good for you. So, hey, later in the program, (laughs) Charles and I will be discussing... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about a climate action here in Des Moines that um, involved glue and probably was a bad idea. And we'll talk about climate actions elsewhere in the world that involve glue and are probably bad ideas. And we'll, <laughs> we'll also talk in that context about the upcoming COP27 climate summit. Uh, We're we'll also going to talk about uh, Halloween and the rise of equality. And that's going to go some interesting places, folks. You'll be interested in that. And finally in the program, Kathy Burns and I will be discussing federal loans that target the food supply chain. But uh, our main topic to kick the program off is the uh, Congressional Progressive Caucus letter on diplomacy in, the, in Ukraine that was retracted. But first, Charles, we got this story. I, I can't stop thinking about this story. So I, I got I to I bring it up. Amu Haji, 94-year-old guy in Iran. Guy had not washed himself in 60 years. That's more than you've gone without bathing. Well, that sounds like he could be in Europe. <laughs> could be in Europe. He, he went 60 years without ever washing himself because he believed it would make him ill. So the guy lives in a, like a cinder block house in a, in a rural village in Iran. And then um, the villagers, maybe they finally got tired of the stench. I don't know. They finally convinced him to take a bath, right? He did. And two months later, he's dead. And
1: that, I, I assume, Doc... That proves that cleanliness kills. Well, you know, it, it, it's really interesting because, for instance, during the, the Black Death in in Europe, um, the belief at that time was similar: bathing was bad, and also going outside was bad for you. and And they would, in fact, try to stay inside as much as possible and shut themselves up in what could have only been horrible yeah. stench in 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 their houses. And of course, that just prom- that just promulgated. The but uh, how,
0: how do you explain this guy? Doesn't watch in 60 years, lives to 94. And not only that, he eats rogue kill. Yeah. And, and he smokes. There's a picture of him on Twitter smoking five cigarettes at once. That's impressive. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how, do you,
2: how do you explain I, I don't know. 94 he, years old, I assume, doesn't
1: bathe. I assume that he must have gotten the COVID vaccine, and that's what did him in. No, okay. You know that. <laughs> Because I've been reading the Epic Times a lot lately. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. yes. I have no explanation for it. Anyway, so
0: fascinating. uh, I don't know. I just can't get that story out of my mind. But there are more important things to discuss. For example, this letter from 30 members of the U.S. House to President Biden regarding Ukraine. I want to read you just a little section from that letter. Uh, Quote, given the destruction created by this war for Ukraine and the world, uh, as well as the risk of catastrophic escalation, meaning nuclear war, We believe it is in the interests of Ukraine, the U.S., and the world to avoid a prolonged conflict. For this reason, we urge you to pair the military and economic support the U.S. has provided to Ukraine with a proactive diplomatic push, redoubling efforts to seek a realistic framework for a ceasefire. We urge you to make vigorous diplomatic efforts in support of a negotiated settlement and ceasefire, engage in direct talks with Russia, Explore prospects for a new European security arrangement acceptable to all parties uh, that will allow for a sovereign and independent Ukraine, and in coordination with our Ukrainian partners, seek a rapid end to the conflict and reiterate this goal as America's chief priority. Um, that letter was retracted. Representative Jayapal in less than two days, had pulled that uh, letter, retracted it, withdrew it completely. Um, I'm uh, okay. I'm going to share my opinion. Later, Charles, you get to start.
1: Okay, so I mean, you know how I feel about this. I do. Number one, um, really, something this puerile couldn't have—they couldn't have called him on the phone and talked to the president. Really, they needed to send a letter saying this. Nothing. How is it puerile? It's puerile because it's completely incoherent in terms of the history of this war. All right, so there was an agreement for a ceasefire in 2012, 2013. 2015 Minsk II agreement is made, or it's not really made because it's never signed and never enacted, which would have set up a situation in eastern Ukraine that the Ukrainians interpreted to be a plebiscite, allowing basically a certain amount of independent rule in these areas um, underneath a federal kind of system like ours. Uh, You're you're talking about the Donbass region. and Yeah, that the Donbass region in Crimea. Crimea, yeah. Yeah, so the Russians interpreted that to mean no, we're going to get to set up a puppet state there. We meaning the U.S. and NATO. No, the Russians. Oh, the Russians would get set up a puppet state, um, and hold elections similar to what they just held recently at the (laughs) end of (laughs) uh, you know a a weapon. Right. And. and actually, at that time, the Russians stated—this is in 2015—they they were not really parties to the conflict, that what was really going on in these uh, provinces was an independent action, similar to this— Oh, that that's and that's BS. Of course it is. Yeah. And and it's similar to the special action that they're claiming this war is, right? right? They won't even call it a war. And um, that was an agreement that actually did involve all of the NATO countries, particularly France— kind of, you know, was spearheading that effort. And the Russians never would, would sign on. They said they weren't even a party to the conflict. So it's absolutely naive so, to talk about, you're going to negotiate with the Russians directly. And, you know, you know, only the last time that we ended the war without ever negotiating, allowing the, the, the party that actually involved, South Vietnam, to be part of the negotiations. Remember how that war ended? Not well. No, yeah. not very well. Not but, very well for the United States either. But, I mean, these, even President Biden has conceded that
0: this war will eventually end in diplomacy. And one thing that's different about this situation than previous situations is the existence of, what, 15,000, somewhere between 13,000 and 15,000 nuclear weapons. And, you know, and you, you've got, I mean, I don't think Putin is a madman. I think he's evil. Uh, I think he's very clever uh, and very conniving. I don't think he would be beyond using a nuclear weapon, and and of course we know how we know how this plays out in theory, where you know he he launches a tactical nuclear weapon somewhere in in Ukraine, maybe a quote dirty bomb, uh, and 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 then how is NATO, how is the West going to respond? You know. Well, and, how is that going to be help negotiations? He doesn't want to negotiate. No wait. Well, no, no. I I there there were there was an attempt to negotiate earlier this year, and. Uh, I mean, Boris Johnson, he, he paid a surprise visit to the Ukraine, uh, to Kiev, and, uh, and basically
1: shut that down. I mean, which I think was NATO's position well. it wasn't very well. hard to shut it down because, right. well, because the Ukrainians said, we don't trust him anyway. What, what in, well, I mean, he's claiming it's not a war. He's massing troops on your border. And, you know, the, at the time, it didn't appear that we didn't know what a sham the, uh, the Russian military is. Right. And it appeared that they would just run over the country and they would lose way more of the country.
0: It doesn't matter how bad the Russian uh, forces might be. They still have a ton of nuclear weapons. You don't even need a
1: ton of nuclear weapons to be uh, scary in this day and age. No, that's true. (laughs) I I understand that. But, But what is it you want the Ukrainians to do? What is it the progressives want the Ukrainians to do? Well, again, this is not just a war
0: between Russia and Ukraine at this point. Uh, there are already plenty of others involved. Certainly the U.S. is involved very deeply. Yeah. And uh, so the U.S. and the world have an interest in what happens in Ukraine. And the sooner this war ends, I mean, the idea that this is a protracted. I mean, the, did, you see, did you see the response in, in Daily Coast, this progressive newspaper? Um, uh, quote, these 30 House progressives are now making common cause with Lauren Bobart. Marjorie Taylor Greene, J.D. Vance, and the rest of the MAGA crowd—you think that would give them some pause? Which Ukrainians do these progressives want abandoned to mass murder and rape in their attempt to prop up a flailing Russia? The only way—the only way to, here's the key sentence. The only way to end this war is to help deliver a decisive Ukrainian victory. thats not, not going to happen. <laughs> There's not going to be a decisive victory
1: for anybody in this war, and it's only going to get worse. And not, so, again, so, it, it, this is just like the Republicans, you know, yelling and screaming about inflation. Nobody ever asked them the question, stop talking in platitudes, gives us some details. So what, are the, what is it that—and this was the time they had to have this discussion? I mean, two weeks before the election? I mean, it's a good thing it doesn't matter because the American people, half of them probably couldn't even point out where Ukraine is, <laughs> you know. So—and the only reason they care about Ukraine is they— kind of understand that energy inflation is 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 clearly keyed into uh, this war ongoing. I would like to believe that most people care more about Ukraine than just about their— well, And what makes you g- think they do? Uh, I because, mean, at least we, half Americans are voting for a party that's mm-hmm. saying specifically their first goal. They're already telling you what they're going to no, do. For different reasons,
0: for different reasons. But, you know, I mean, I, I think part of the problem here is this letter from— 30 House Democrats showed that there was some common ground with certain Republican leaders who have also been saying, you know, if, oh, it was, what, did, what did McCarthy say? Uh, that if we if, if he's Speaker of the House, they're not going to be sending such huge checks to Ukraine?
1: Uh, right, and, because, well, it's part well, of their narrative. It's part of their narrative that Ukraine is inherently corrupt. I'm not sure by what standard compared to our. Political system, <laughs> but that Ukraine is inherently corrupt, and let's let's not downplay how you know Putin has presented himself not just as, as you know not just as interested in this greater Russia you know uh, myth, but he also presents himself as really a leader of the right wing moral crusade, which is not dissimilar from what a lot of what's going on in the Republican Party. They have a lot of the same issues. You know, he, he rails against LGBTQ. He rails against you know abortion. He um, you know now really allied himself with the most conservative churches in Russia. So they. Yeah. It's not just about the war. It's about the fact that a lot of these people on the right actually think he's right. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't. I doubt that actually. I I'd like to have I'd like to I'd like to have that conversation with somebody on the right who really believes that Putin's a decent
1: guy. But, um, I don't, no, 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 I'm not saying he's a decent guy. You don't have to be a decent guy. They don't care about you being a decent guy. <laughs> but he's talking about the same things they're talking about. This is a worldwide movement of yeah. rightism. Well, I know, and it just got defeated in Brazil. Yes. Good for
0: that. That was good. That was a, yeah. Yes, that was a good thing. And to some extent in in in, in Great Britain. I mean, I don't know, Boris Johnson this is just kind of a wild card. But... Uh, Certainly. Um,
1: <laughs> no. Well, no, truly, it could have been worse in the UK because their their situation. By the way, for Americans who you know, of course, can't deal with eight percent inflation, um, their situation in the UK is far worse economically.
0: Yeah. So back back to this. At what point? I mean, my my thought is that diplomacy should always be your first option. And. Again, you can't necessarily... But but this is, again,
1: I get back to the same thing. What are you going to offer?
0: Okay, so... why are we negotiating for Ukraine?
1: Well, because we're very, very involved in it. It's not just that, you know... But we don't do... They're asking for direct negotiations, which cuts out the country that's involved. No, no, Ukraine would obviously have to be involved, but... They said direct negotiations with Russia. That means two of us sitting at the table. This mm, is just like Vietnam. No, I I, I, th- I think any, I, I don't read it that way, but, um,
0: but again, I, I think part of it is that nobody wants to compromise, and this is, a, this is how it, it often goes with, uh, with armed conflict. Nobody wants to give an inch, and I think in any kind of negotiated settlement, there's going to have to be an agreement that, okay, maybe Russia is going to get to hang on to Crimea, which, which, which is unfortunate, but probably reality. Um, Ukraine is probably not going to join NATO. Okay, <laughs> so um, but you know it, it's it, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to get there at some point. I would agree just with that. I, I, I
1: would agree with that. But but I, I think for, for the reality is that everything is gonna sort of stagnate over the next four or five months as winter sets in because nobody's gonna make much military progress. Well, uh, and, during those those months, yeah, and
0: people are going to be too hungry and cold, anyhow, with all the with the, with the fuel shortage and the I mean now yeah, Russian, and not Russian, Russian randomly the, firing missiles into civilian zones. Well, yeah, you know, and also that's, back, that's backing out of the agreement to let uh, Ukrainian grain be shipped uh, through the Black Sea. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, <I> mean, so <sighs> again, what using, do you want the Ukrainians to give away? Um, you know, it, that's not for me
1: to decide, but the fact that.
0: Well, how are they going to get
1: access to the Black Sea again? What, there's going to have to be some recession of what Russia you know, seems to sure. control at this point. I mean, but if you leave Russia in charge of the Black Sea access, it leaves Ukraine completely yeah. unable to well, manage its economy.
0: Bottom line is, I think it's a real, it's a real sad day when, when you, you have a handful of Democrats in Congress speaking out for diplomacy, getting shot down by their own party. Uh, and then having to basically retract—I mean, not all of them. There were a couple that, that stood strong to what they had, had written, uh, and you know, and there were there were a bunch of organizations involved with this too, including uh, Friends Committee on National Legislation. Uh, what else? Uh, Move On was part of that uh, and endorsed the letter. Um, uh, Physicians with Social Responsibility, and you know, and they they can't be real happy about being hung out to dry by uh, by the leadership of the Progressive Caucus either.
1: No, because it's it's they didn't. It's this why is this public? This is something you sit in the office with the president and talk about. This is what we'd like to see. This is just why, grandstanding why is it, to go out there. And, why and should this, it not be public?
0: I mean, you know, it, it's, at some point, it, it's, at some point, there's got to be uh, some somebody has to be the adult and say, okay, we're going to sit down and talk about this. We're
1: going to talk this through. The risks are too great. I mean, offer something of substance other than we should do diplomacy. I, that's all I'm saying. This is all. This is this is indicative of all our policies. This is why nothing no, gets done. In, in, in there's no detail to in, in, it. It's an agree, easy well, canard. An agreement. An
0: agreement to engage in diplomacy is the starting point. You have to. You have to be willing to sit down and have that conversation. And then, yeah. I mean, I gave you some details. Maybe. maybe there's Russia no details to, there. But well, Russia. Russia gets to keep Crimea. Okay, that's a concession. Uh, Russia agrees to you know help rebuild Kiev. Maybe other places. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of possibilities, but you don't get there unless you sit down and st- with the intent of having that conversation. And I, I, I commend the Democrats for those who signed on to that. But you know that 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 um, accommodation
1: <laughs> well, is short-lived. The last thing I would say is how much are the Republicans going to? I mean, the Ukraine's going to trust us because we're the ones who talked them out of getting rid of the Russian nukes that they held. Well, that was which was was a, was a good years ago. Yeah, yeah, and we told them that. That's because we would give them a security agreement that if if the Russians then came back, that we would support them. So we're, you know, this is kind of an agreement we made. Otherwise, the Russians wouldn't be able to really say we're going to use nuclear weapons if oh. the Ukrainians had their old nukes. Because although maybe they don't work any better than most of what the Russians are obviously using militarily. Oh, I wouldn't, tell, I wouldn't count on that. I mean, well, we're, we're really good about keeping our agreements, aren't we? Well, we kept you know, but this is the agreement that we made with them. And so yeah. what is your word worth if you're not willing, to, especially having taken away the only deterrent they really had? Yeah.
0: Well, let's move on to something we might sure. agree on. Uh, <laughs> we're going to, uh, Ed Fallon with you here, folks. Got to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, Charles and I are going to be talking about uh, glue uh, and the COP 27 Climate Summit. Uh, yeah, what do those things have in common? Back in a minute on the Fallon Forum. Gateway Market and Cafe is Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store, centrally located at ML King Parkway and Woodland Ave. Enjoy chef-crafted prepared foods, artisan baked goods, organic produce, hand-cut meats, local and international cheeses, wines, and craft beer. Gateway's Cafe is open for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery service seven days a week. Stop by or visit gatewaymarket.com for more details. Gateway Market. Good food, great community.
2: You're responsible for a lot, and it's easy to become overwhelmed, to feel helpless, even hopeless. What's not so easy is finding your way back to feeling and functioning better. Psychiatrist Dr. David Drake helps individuals and couples throughout Iowa with the convenience and privacy of televideo counseling. Dr. Drake also prescribes medication when needed, and his services are offered on a self pay basis. If you need help, don't delay contact Dr. Drake at DavidDrakeFamilyPsychiatry.com.
0: Vibes Kitchen and Bar in downtown Des Moines at the corner of 13th and Walnut serves clever, creative, modern interpretations of American classic bites and drinks. The Vibes team offers great food and customer service in a relaxed and welcoming atmosphere. Vibes is the perfect place for your party or function and it's got an outdoor patio ideal for hobnobbing with friends and coworkers, or for watching your favorite sports team. Learn more at Vibes Kitchen & Bar's Facebook page. Welcome back to the Fallon Forum. You know, at a time when big corporations control most of our media, the niche we provide here at the Fallon Forum is more important than ever. So please uh, support what we do. You can go to the uh, Fallon Forum website, sign up for my weekly blog, donate, uh, you can become a monthly sponsor. And uh, speaking of sponsors, thanks to psychiatrist Dr. David Drake. If you live in Iowa, wherever you live in Iowa, Dr. Drake can help through the convenience and privacy of televideo counseling offered on a self-paid basis. Contact David Drake Family Psychiatry. Com. Thanks also to Story County Veterinary Clinic, where Dr. Kim Holding has been caring for all creatures, great and small, for over 30 years. Learn more at Story County Veterinary Clinic's Facebook page. All right, so Charles Goldman with me today, folks. Um, I don't know why he keeps coming back. I, just, <laughs>
1: I don't know, Charles, what's wrong with you? Um, so I, I want we want to we want to because I I'm trying to keep the, the program from devolving into info wars.
2: <laughs> I, 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 I thought you were Des Moines version of Alex Jones. Oh no, <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm sure that person's out there. So no, anyway. So uh, before we talk about the CO27 summit, I mean I want to lead into that with conversation about appropriate and inappropriate climate actions, actions that are actually effective, actions that might not be effective. The two that come to mind both involve glue, and we'll talk about the more well-known one in a second. But first, just the the one that happened here in Des Moines. uh, A coalition called Buffalo Rebellion is putting on a climate rally uh, later 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 in November, and uh, it's a coalition of maybe what eight or nine groups. I'm not sure, but uh, someone with the coalition, uh, presumably, or or maybe someone who went rogue, uh, took uh, posters promoting that rally and plastered them all over Des Moines' East Village. Now, this is a part of Des Moines, lots of small businesses, most of them locally owned. Uh, a lot of those business owners live, you know, right there or nearby. And uh, I got a call from a resident after those posters went up. They were put up with a uh, glue. They assumed that you were involved. No, well, no, <laughs> they thought it might know something. <laughs> Charles, no, please. No, they, they, uh, the, the posters were put up with, like, some kind of industrial-strength glue. On buildings. I mean, normally when you want to put up a poster for an event, you knock on the door, you go in, or you walk in and you ask if it's okay to put up a poster Mm -hmm. with with tape or a staple or 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 thumbtack, depending on what you're adhering it to. But they use industrial strength glue on the outside of buildings, Mm -hmm. and um, people are furious. I had one person call me and say, "Look, uh, I was opposed to those pipelines. I think I'm supportive now, just 'cause I'm so mad." And it's been. Ta- I was told it was taking one business owner twenty-five or thirty minutes to remove one poster. Uh, some of the posters are on artwork, and they are going to damage that artwork, probably. Uh, some are on public on artwork. Property.
1: Oh, you mean like murals? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so, uh, and and, and uh, the city is looking into pressing vandalism charges. Um, and here, the bottom line is the posters didn't last very long. <laughs> they were up for a day or two, taken down infuriated a lot of people who were probably on the same side of the issue as the people sponsoring the rally
1: um,
0: Charles I suspect we might agree on this one
1: yeah I mean this is this is again the total cluelessness of um, you know groups on you know the left if you want to say that whatever to not understand these things I mean it's just as you say it's just a civil thing to do. You know, I I guess if you don't recognize private property as existing, then maybe you don't care. Some of this is on public property. Right, but it's just ludicrous. I mean, you could have, like you said, go in there and ask the business owner. If you're going to put it up on a lamppost outside, just put two posters together and staple them together. Yeah, that's 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 the historic way of doing it for an event or when when your dog is lost, you know. Lost dog, but, you know, yeah, I mean, stable this out is, to the telephone is, pole. And and again, you know, the, the, the coalition that we're speaking of is, is a group of, of, you know, organizations that I, I would be highly supportive of. And, you know, I agree with you on the pipeline issue. But this is just the way that you turn off people. And especially given the narrow divide in this country electorally, you can't afford to be— just writing people off for something as stupid as this and, and what you know it's kind of like this whole thing with the episodes with the uh, art that's being you know
0: I, I was going to segue yeah. uh, from with, with
1: the what's with the, the linkage the there glue yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what is well, but what's the linkage with, with the climate issue
0: oh no, you mean the, de- 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 yeah. the well what was the what was the piece of art that they recently threw tomato soup on to activists? well they should have done it on Warhol but I don't think they did <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, I, I just don't, if they'd done it on a Jackson Pollock nobody you, would have noticed You know, people, people who are concerned about the environment are puzzled over why they can't really get people to understand the danger to themselves and to their children and to their grandchildren Well, this kind of performance art so to speak doesn't really link the problem to anything You know, and I... I well, the, the, it's the, kind the, of why COP27 is going to fail to do anything substantive because people really don't have a narrative, and the narrative becomes a stupidity of the stupidity you know, of, the, of the seeming radicals who are on the side of taking away our way of life. You know, I mean, look at the advertisements here. They're going to take away your right to a private car. They're going to you know, undermine the family farm. You know, they're going to change our way of life. And the worst of all, climate change activism will increase the price of gasoline, right? That's the worst crime you can commit. But you know something? What's the countervailing narrative from the environmentalists? Oh, we're throwing tomato soup at art. I mean, there's just no narrative there. I, I just don't get what people are supposed to get out of that.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's uh, what's more important, a piece of art? Or the entire life of the planet. They're trying to get your attention. I mean, I I, okay.
1: Well, it's something that obviously a lot of people don't care about either way, right? I don't see people like storming art museums to see the art. I'm guessing that most of
0: the people who uh, who uh, patronize art museums probably are already fairly supportive of um, of, uh, of climate action, even if they flew to the art gallery in their private jet. you know, most of the people who don't give a dang about public art uh, or private art, for that matter, or even know who any major artist might be, you know, I mean, yeah, you may you go, go to a football game and do it glue, there, glue yourself, <laughs> right. or a soccer game and glue yourself to the goalpost, and you'll get people really angry. <laughs> well, that would that would be a bad move. That's correct because well, it, it's, it's been done. Yeah, I mean that's 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 been done several times in Europe. It uh, it
1: it, uh, it you know prime soccer matches. But, well, you um, know, and, and it, it's interesting because I have I have the opposite reaction to the activism that occurs, for instance, at football games. I despise the flyovers. And I, I'm saying that as a veteran in the Air Force of 23 years, I despise the walking around with the biblical uh, references. Like right? what? People walk around, you know, with, with, with the various, uh, you know, biblical... Uh, excerpts that you should be reading. I mean, you're supposed to know, like, you know, the walk around like with John twenty, like, uh, what would Colbert. Jesus do on four, no, no, no. fourth and they, two? No, they usually, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, it's it's one of the reasons. For instance, I've come to hate football because I'm sick of its association with the militarism. I'm, I'm also coming to hate it because of the the CTE issue and also the nature of of the crowd itself. But you know, um, that makes you anti-American, Charles. No. <laughs> I, I, Why do you hate America? I don't hate America. <laughs> I don't hate America. But you know, you know, we're okay. we're just as a society. I mean, we we're okay, getting so, so, involved in things that it okay. So imaging co- doesn't make sense. So, Code Twenty
0: Seven far mm-hmm. more important than anything we're talking about. Right. This is the. This is the next big step toward trying to negotiate workable climate agreements that address the and, problem. Okay, and, and how many
1: people know where this is going to be? Uh,
0: I do. Okay. <laughs>
1: right. Kelly does. Okay, so we, the three of us know, okay, it's going to be in Sharm el-Sheikh, okay. Egypt, which is a I wish we were a Colin show.
0: We could ask people to call it That's and right, tell us if exactly. they know where it is. Oh. <laughs> I
1: feel like Mike Pompeo, when he challenged one of the NPR reporters to um, pro- show him where the Ukraine was, and he had a map in the other room, which had all the country names taken off. And the question I had was, why would he have a map with the, all the names of the countries taken off? You know, unless it's some kind of like second grade school project, I couldn't figure that out. But anyway, or college level school project. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyway, the uh, yeah the conference is going to be in uh, in, a, in a beach resort town in Egypt. Um, it started this week already, and uh, you know I it just. It's hard to get real excited about it. I mean, no, I I mean, I would love to be excited about it. But it's hard to think that it's going to produce uh, the kind of results we need. And again, part of the problem is, I don't know what the media is like in other countries. But here, yeah, like you said, nobody knows about this. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: even if they know about it, they might not even know where it's going to be held and why there's some controversy to that. But that's another Mm -hmm. conversation. But the, um, you know, I mean, the, the, the mainstream media isn't paying attention to it. Right. And the, the political leadership is not paying attention to it. And so, I, you know, yeah, people don't know about it. I don't blame them for not knowing about it. The institutions that are responsible for uh, the quote news aren't, aren't doing it, they, they aren't getting the word
1: out. I, I would say that if you talk to people about climate change, you know, when they see some of the weather events that you're, you know, you're always so, you know, wanting to point out, um, they maybe have some understanding of what may come, but a lot of these things are happening in other places that they don't generally care about. They're happening in places like Bangladesh. And Pakistan and what? most of the southern Cl- world. Cl- climate impacts these aren't climate happening
0: impacts. in the West.
1: The drought. Well, in they the are. West, the they are flooding in Kentucky. I, I understand derechos that. in Iowa. But, but that's that's again the real, even the worst disasters are in other places that don't have the resources potentially right, sure. to try to mitigate. Well, but again, some part
0: of, these. of the problem is the media are not making the connection. They they don't out no. of the C word. They don't say. I agree. The storm you. is worse because of climate change, even though scientists say that. Scientists make it really clear. This stuff is worse because of climate change.
1: Well, because so, yeah, but, but what the American people are presented with is a week of coverage. They see the devastation, right? Then there's some abstract number of billions of dollars it's going to take to rebuild. Then we, and then nobody ever follows up to see what it was really like to rebuild after this. And to raise the fundamental question, for instance, in places like Florida, why are we rebuilding all these houses In the way of these storms, why do we rebuild them? Well, you know, in areas of flooding out in California, not just in the way of storms, but in the way of sea
0: level rise. Yeah, you know. So, um, to COP twenty seven, I mean, I think um, you know, part of the problem is this. this, Well, this this summit comes at a time when latest reports out from the UN and other other uh, other research uh, tanks is um, things look even worse than every every report that comes out makes it look worse and. It's it's not it's not like they're trying to make it look worse. It's like it is actually worse. Mm-hmm. The data shows a worse outcome yeah. as climate change continues. You would, I mean, I don't know why this isn't the top lead story every day, every day. And you know maybe if it was, then we might expect it because Trump's more push. interesting. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> I mean
1: it, it's an entertainment business now.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So back circling back, so maybe maybe Charles. Yeah. Using glue to get your point across in a climate action is one way to at least get it in the news. I mean, I'll say this, even though there hasn't been a lot of news and coverage. And what did these buy, people want? Well, lo- locally in Des Moines, there hasn't been a lot of uh, coverage of the poster glue issue. But the, the, tomato, the can of tomato soup on the artwork and related, mm-hmm. related acts of um, vandalism. What I, what I should point out, without actually damaging the artwork, they're throwing it against glass and gluing themselves to the wall by the painting or to the frame. That is at least getting attention. You know, the mainstream media is covering that, even though they aren't right. covering COP twenty
1: seven. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I understand this is this is something that, you know, you've devoted much of your life towards is and, and, and trying to to make people aware of the gravity of the situation. But I, I feel like whenever people are presented with the idea that it would cut into their lifestyle they really are not as supportive as you think. They're not mm-hmm. that willing to pay extra for electricity to mitigate coal-fired plants and all these other things. I think most people have kind of ended up in the situation where they truly believe there's a technological solution out of climate change. Yeah, And I'm, that is much more comfortable for them because it would involve the least dislodgement from what they already have.
0: It's also the least likely to actually work. I mean, I, I can't see any, any of the proposed... Uh, Tech, tech solutions to climate change actually accomplishing the problem. You know, some of them even make it worse, like carbon, pu- ca- carbon capture pipelines. Yeah, I mean... Well, that that f- make the problem worse.
1: Yes, and, and, and it's... We need... A, you know, I, I guess my feeling about this is, among other things, I wish that being an influencer on social media wasn't a top choice now among you know, young people as what they'd like to be with the rest of their lives. I wish the top choice was engineering, you know, because we don't need a lot of people influencing culture. We need some people who know how to translate ideas into actuality. You know, and instead we're producing a lot of people who don't have anything particularly useful in far as far as mitigating these circumstances mm. right now. And that said, that's the brain drain, among other things, that's occurring, which is that people are not aspiring to do to acquire the skills to make a difference for the, such. A technological solution, if there is one.
0: Well, we'll have more conversation on COP 27 as it uh, winds. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll be interested uh, to see what comes out of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, uh, hopefully, it'll be good news. I, I, but, I know uh,
1: you've been sleeping with you'll be sleeping with a copy of the agreement. No, I sleep with Kathy, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> no copies of the agreement. No stuffed animals. Nothing.
0: Anyway, uh, back in a minute. We're going to be talking about Halloween and why I think Charles should dress as a uh, as a uh, fairy princess next time. <laughs> Gateway Marketing Cafe is Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store. With over 5,000 items to choose from, you can order groceries online and the Gateway team will bring them to you curbside. It's a convenient way to shop from anywhere and save time. Gateway's Cafe is open for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery service seven days a week, with catering and floral services also available. Visit gatewaymarket.com for more details. Gateway Market, good food, great community. At Westrom Optometry, Dr. Joel Westrom and his team provide a variety of services, including comprehensive eye exams, children's eye exams, and LASIK co-management. Whether strictly utilitarian or a fashion statement, your comfort and vision are Westrom's primary concern. Dr. Westrom and his staff will work closely with you to determine the best solution for your eyes, prescription and lifestyle. Services are provided in English and Spanish and the clinic is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. and on Saturdays by appointment. That's Westrom Optometry located in Des Moines East Village. Welcome back to the uh, Fallon Forum. Remember, you can support this alternative to the Shock Jocks by becoming a monthly donor, or if you own a small business, or are you with a, if you're with a nonprofit, you can consider becoming a sponsor of this program. And speaking of sponsors, thanks to uh, Western Optometry, located in Des Moines East Village, uh, Dr. Joel Westerman and his staff are fluent in English and Spanish. The clinic is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m and on Saturdays by appointment that's Western Optometry like right, Charles so um I have this crazy vision of you going out on Halloween night with your <laughs> with your, your son there and uh, and and dressing like a fairy princess for some reason I just I see you just knocking out of the park dressed as some cute little fairy princess
1: you know I I've never really gotten into Halloween in any way so well, um I'm Irish we love Halloween
0: really why well, it's, 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 it's pagan. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Uh, I know I, we can do it. So how, how
1: does paganism explain the high percentage of Irish people who are Catholic?
0: Well, it's been, it's been kind of a fusion. You know, Catholicism colonized Ireland in, in a mm-hmm. different way than the British did. They were much, it was much gentler. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it was a lot of infusion of pagan, pagan uh, ideas and rituals, bonfires. Uh, even costumes, uh, yeah, like carving of pumpkins, things like that, so um but you know to the point, Halloween you know the costumes are interesting anymore i mean i you know uh, male though that, no male than I am, I nonetheless dressed as a witch last night mm-hmm. and welcomed uh, kids to our door yeah, i just I was hoping you might you know do something as equally interesting, maybe prairie fin- the fairy princess i don't know
1: no, I mean I, when i when I was running a um residency program out uh, in California uh, within the Air Force. We used to – the attendees used to dress up um, as one time the Spice Girls, one time the you – know. You dressed like
0: one of the Spice Girls? Yeah. I Which was, one were you? I was sporty. <laughs> um, I actually went
1: to I, – I went to an unnamed discount dress place to uh, go buy the dress, and the high heel sneaker was a little bit more of a uh, – uh, having a little trouble finding those. Did you fall over a lot once you had them on? No, no. no? It was pretty funny. I mean okay. – it's really interesting you mention that since we're, you know, another great public issue that we have to adjudicate, of course, is the, uh, you know, these uh, drag queen uh, reading events at libraries. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so that's an important it's, So it's really interesting to me. Issue. I
0: mean, you know, dressing up how, whatever you want. How, I mean, it was, what, three or four decades ago that I
1: I dressed like a pregnant woman once for Halloween. Well, I mean, no, you can a, do that. You know, there's yeah. a long tradition, even but, back into the 50s when, you know, America was supposedly great, of entertainers who, well known national entertainers, who would dress up as yeah. women. But drag queens men, are you know. now somehow a problem, at least for the political right, you know? Well, when you don't <laughs> want to talk about the issues, when you just want to throw out catchwords, you know, inflation, uh, gas prices, uh, crime, grooming, crime, grooming, yeah. crime. Yeah. yeah, crime that's been rising for seven years in the United States, but somehow is only attributable now to the last two years of Democratic control. Well, Joe Biden to blame the, uh, for everything, Charles, you know crime. that, right? Right. Well, it, 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 you know, gets back to the messaging. Where are the Democrats who turn to their Republicans and ask on their commercials, on the Democrat commercials, what is the Republican plan? Tell us what you're going to do. Stop talking about my stock trades. You know, I mean, yeah, or, anyway, it's, it's, it, 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 I don't know. Go up. I, I don't know. What, what did you want to say about Halloween, Ed? <laughs> well, that it's scary,
0: but not as scary as uh, what's happening in the U.S. Congress these days. Yeah. I mean, uh, the idea that state but, legislatures
1: may decide all the elections is far scarier than Halloween. I agree. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. right, right. <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's some, uh, you know, there's some, I, I mean, we talk about, Dressing up in whatever gender-related costume you want to dress up in on Halloween, and nobody has a problem with that. Right. Um, you know, the, the, there's a lot, a lot of things happening on gender that are very interesting. and We could have several conversations. Mm-hmm. But one that interests me is the, um, and you mentioned this to me earlier, too, the, the rising percentage of college graduates who are women. Yeah. That, I mean, college used to be the domain mm-hmm. of white men. Mm-hmm. you know and and again it's, it's just a matter of time before that change, and it is changing fairly dramatically
1: yeah i mean it, it, get it's getting more expensive it, yeah it's it's flipped exactly the reverse of what it used to be it used to be that men were about 55 58% of college graduates and women then obviously you know made up the majority of the rest of that um, in the days when we had only binary genders um, <laughs> But now it's, it's been basically flipped in the space of about 15, 15 years. And, you know, there's two ways of looking at this. There's either that um, the reduction of restraints on women – being able to compete equally mm-hmm. to get into college and also succeed in I'd say that's probably a big part of it. Huh? Is, yeah, well, that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is what's happened to men, which is kind of the narrative that most of the media has lit upon. Which is? That that structurally there's something it's, – it's the fact that we're undermining men by calling their behaviors toxic masculinity, that we're, we're a – a, um, inner, uh, a a emasculating culture. What
0: does toxic masculinity have to do with a degree in engineering?
1: Well, it doesn't. But my point is, is that the, the social narrative has become that we're doing something to men. That's why they're not succeeding. When actually it was taking away the restraints on women's ability to um, succeed that probably simply unveiled that um, they may be more capable yeah. at the skills that translate to to successful performance. Well, in college. it is
0: interesting that at a time when women are becoming more enrolled in college, it's also getting colleges also getting to the point of being unaffordable.
1: Uh, I'm not sure what the point of that is because it has nothing to do with women being there. It's the, the fact that, that you know, colleges and universities have decided that in spite of their supposedly liberal, you know, views that they're just like every other corporation. You know, they want to make money. They're nonprofits, but they're not really nonprofits. No. Yeah,
0: and they're expansion. I mean, look at all the commu- all, all the colleges and university
1: campuses that just keep taking over neighborhoods. Right. I you mean, know that's what they do, and 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 it's been aided by these loan programs, mm-hmm. which allowed them to just amp up, you know, ramp up their prices, because people had these loans available to them, um, and at the same time, it's really changed the economic equation as to really what is the value of going to college. You know, you could say in the past that the value was you would make more on average. But well, that diminishes when you're carrying, you know, loans into your 20 years later. And maybe it's more valuable for certain
0: professions and certainly, and even for certain constituencies. Maybe it's more valuable for women.
1: In terms of, well, I guess as a, in terms as a of validation, yeah, as a,
0: as a validation of, yeah. of, 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 of emerging equality greater equality,
1: or maybe just call it less inequality,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: So. Well, you know, and it's it's allowed women, because there are certain fields that I think going to college is required, either as sure. part of the hazing protocol to get into these But
0: according to our governor, you know, you yeah. don't really need college if you're going to be a truck driver or a nurse, or a, well, I can't remember some of the other well, it's true. professions. You, well, I she- know you, you're
1: bringing the nurse thing up. It's true <laughs> yeah, that right. to be a nurse doesn't require it. That there are some two-year degrees that um, allow you to be a nurse, oh, but that's, generally, that's most two places, years college right? Yeah, two year Most places now are requiring a full BSN, in a four-year college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, they will take nurses, especially now with the crunch in terms of
2: mm-hmm. nurses
1: leaving the field. Right. They'll take two-year nurses, but they will then try to subsidize them so that they will go to get a four-year degree, and at the same time that indentures them to some degree to the hospital or the university system that pays them. You know, but, it, but I, I think it's really interesting, though, because this is, this is again, a narrative which I don't think the Democrats get,
0: hmm.
1: which is that by, by, you know, sort of putting forth the idea that the professions that result from going to college are the valuable ones, you're denigrating other ones that um, are really the kind of upper echelon of the working class you're supposedly going to stand for. Mm. So you're denigrating you know the people who come fix your fix your house right. in various ways. you know you're denigrating the true workers in some way and everything is about moving people into professions, much of which is about finance, you know moving numbers from one side of a computer to another during the day. I'm not sure what the actual economic value of that is, but that's what a lot of people coming out of college do. And so you've separated the professional class from the true working class, which is actually the best thing in terms of the Republicans being able to do what they're doing. Because they say to the professional class, you're like the rich people that we're really here about, right? It's your taxes we're really worried about. Right. We want to make sure that you, because you're like the uber-wealthy, that you're going to get taken care of. That's why the big, the big thing about Trump winning in 2016, and I know there are people out there who say he won 2022, but let's just stick with 2016. The big thing about 2016 was, the, again, the cliche was, oh, it was all like disaffected white males of the working class. No, in fact, he won because he won among women of college age. You know, and so the point is, is that that association of moving the professional class into the conservative aspect of our, you know, political, uh, 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 the political economy, so to speak, um, is the biggest change. And the Democrats still don't get it. Because to them, the path to everything is always go to college. Right. Right. And now that's become an unaffordable path. Well, not only that, it it doesn't speak to a lot of people, and it's not because of what right. Kim Reynolds said, yeah. which is it's not fair to other people. No, she, she was uh, she was dismissing Biden's plan
0: to help uh, pay off student loans. Right
1: because it, it's basically a transference of taxes to people who, as you said, went to college. went to college <laughs> and other people who didn't have a chance. But the fact of the matter is is as a, you know, as we've talked about before, any of these arguments about fairness yeah. is nonsense. That's a five-year-old argument. I, there's well, plenty of things I don't <laughs> want them spending my tax money on either, yeah. right? But I don't get to say I'm going to harm somebody else just because.
0: How about subsidizing
1: drug research? We do or we do subsidize drug research. I know. Research. I know. That's what I'm we saying. We do most of it. No, in fact, and, and, most of the research costs for uh, developing a new drug are borne by the taxpayer. Sure, We're I know not that. borne by the that's pharmaceutical my point, yeah. companies. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, look at farm subsidies as well. There are certain crops that you make a lot of money at. And then other right. things you can grow and talk about distorting penny.
1: Yeah, talk about distorting the, the market toward yeah.
0: unhealthy yeah. foods. But here we're way up. Uh, I mean, we've come yeah. quite a quite a distance from Halloween, and that's okay. Uh, that's, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think I think overall the movement toward greater equality. You know, it's speaking of equality, and this is a- well, what
1: does equality have to do with Halloween? That's what I'm, I'm still. No, I am mean,
0: just, I'm just, I mean, I mean, it, Halloween has been a tradition for a long time where. It doesn't matter whether you're a a boy or a girl, or now an adult male or female going to a party. You can dress up however you want. There's an equality of costume selection involved in Halloween. I mean,
1: I yeah. Just be careful because you know you're going to be photographed, and like when it's 15 years later, they're going to you know photograph come up with the costume you wore at 16 and say, "See, will I be canceled again? You'll be canceled. Woohoo! You'll be canceled." Right, you
0: know, I I I wish I could just keep like a running tally of how many times I've been canceled. I, 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 I bet I'm ahead of you,
1: Charles. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, because I don't care. Well, I, I don't care either. But still, it's a, it's it, a bit of a badge. You know, water, it's it's funny. I mean, the fact that canceling even matters is, um, I mean, to some degree, obviously, to people's public, perhaps public service, you know, uh, aspirations. It it reflects a real problem in our in our culture in terms of our children which is that they're very dependent on what other people think. Yeah. And a lot of cancel culture would be better if you, you know, they can cancel you all you want and you just say, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fine. <laughs> yeah, if, if people were more willing to not depend on what other people think, we'd be a lot better off. That reminds me of a line from a, a,
0: a Richard Bach uh, a book called, um, uh, okay, I forget the name of it now, a Richard Bach book. Anyway, mm-hmm. guy who wrote Jonathan Livingston and Siegel. Hey, folks, oh, it's called Illusions. The book called Illusions. But okay. hey, uh, enough said about that. we got to take a
1: short break. <laughs> That's definitely enough said about Jonathan Lemieux at Seagull. That's a great book. Oh, it's pure, oh, Another on. Pure art book. <laughs> you just like using the word Pure art in well, as many contexts as possible. It. Yes, I've used this last day. You're so sophisticated.
0: <laughs> anyway, Charles Goldman's been my guest for this much of the program. I'm glad he's leaving. Kathy Burns <laughs> is going to come in. And we're going to finish out the program with something intelligent. Back in a minute on the yeah. Fallon Forum. Architecture by Synthesis provides planning, design, and design build services for high performance, low maintenance, affordable homes and buildings. Owner Mark Lipsham is committed to the mission of the Fallon Forum and community radio stations. Mark says no matter how you plan or renovate your project, use the most energy-efficient methods you can afford and the greenest, longest-lasting materials available. A beautiful project will be revered, maintained, and valued, and is the best investment you can make for a future we all share. Learn more at architecturebysynthesis.com.
2: At Story County Veterinary Clinic, Dr. Kim Holding has over 30 years of experience working with all creatures, great and small. Cat, dog, horse, cow, elephant, Well, if you've got a pet elephant, you may be in trouble. Kim's clients stick with her year after year because they know she'll do right by them and their pets and farm animals. So give Kim a shout to keep your animals happy and healthy. Call 515-232-8766. That's 232-8766.
0: Welcome back to the Fallon Forum. Thanks to our sponsors, including Gateway Market and Cafe. That's Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store. Gateway's cafe is open for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery service seven days a week. Gateway has an excellent local produce selection as well in season. And you can check out their catering and floral services. That's Gateway Market and Cafe. All right, Kathy Burns with Birds and Bees Urban Farm with me for our farm and food conversation. And I believe today we're looking at some of the um, the loans that are coming out of the USDA to support certain types of food production operations. Kathy, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you. Uh, yeah, last year, the year before, we had, uh, the year before that, issues with some severe weather, the derecho, and pandemic. COVID yeah. pandemic. Uh, making supply chains uh, really shaky. And people were concerned where they were going to be able to buy food, uh, where they were going to, you know, meat producers were concerned where, where they were going to sell meat. And uh, um, it was just on people's minds a lot. So the US, uh, DA has helped to formulate some Federally backed loans to help resolve supply chain issues.
0: And I believe you've been looking into one in particular that uh, had received uh, how how much was it?
2: 1.1 million. No, 11.1 million. 11.1 million. million. excuse me. 1.1 million, that's a jump change. (laughs) What are you talking about? That is. So who
0: got this 11.1 million?
2: Well, it's a central Iowa egg processing facility in Panora, and that's uh, near to where I grew up. That's 45 minutes from my western Iowa home of Harlan. And uh, Penora is uh, in Guthrie County and is just inside the southwest quadrant of Iowa. So it's a small town um, and the company is called Nutrium. They process eggs.
0: And what do they, what do you mean process eggs? What do they do? Make make omelets?
2: They turn them into powder. Powder,
0: okay. They They pulverize them, them. yeah. Right. So, uh, okay, so that has its benefits, I suppose. Uh, I know that years ago when I was dirt poor and on on U.S. commodities. Mm-hmm. Uh, powdered eggs is one of the staples they gave you. Uh, who else uses powdered eggs? Probably well, the, US,
2: Boyce... the U.S. government.
0: Okay, sure.
2: For the military.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. In
2: fact, uh, the U.S. military is the largest uh, customer of Nutrium. Okay. So these loans are, uh, this, this loan to uh, the processing plant in Panora was one of 14 food supply chain or FSC guaranteed <clears throat> loans that have been granted so far by the USDA. They're part of the Build Back Better program. Okay. Um, the other 13 have not yet been announced. Well,
0: that'll be interesting to see who um, is 13 or I thought it was more than that. Like oh.
2: There are 14 loans that have been awarded. 31 others are pending.
0: Okay. But we don't even know who the other fourteen are. Or?
2: They're not ready for announcement, according to <laughs> okay. the USDA. Well, they, they, you know, I used to work in that sure. business where you'd yes, make public yeah. announcements. So there. almost fifty,
0: almost off. fifty, uh, basically forgivable loans
2: coming um, out. You know, the, so the 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 government is making the this program available to banks and other lending uh, businesses credit unions, etc., in order to allow them to not have to uh, lose money on loaning to so gov- small processors. So the government is putting the West.
0: risk on the taxpayers. Correct. And uh, to the
2: tune of about, right now, about $724 million. Yeah, I guess my question is, how does this help farmers? This isn't so much about farmers, but about food systems. And so it, Agricultural production is listed actually as one of the types of uh, endeavors that is not going to be able to be used for these loans. For
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at that list now. Um, rental housing,
2: mm-hmm. uh, not able to use these loans,
0: golf courses, and I, I, good. I mean, that's good. I guess you, unless you want to eat the green, um, racetracks and gambling facilities, that's churches, good. okay. But, uh, there are but, others but, on that but, list. But, if, you're, but if, if this is all about the uh, supply chain, why not do more to invest in in, in in actual farmers?
2: I'm going to guess because issues were identified for very targeted loans. For instance, there was plenty of beef for sale during the pandemic, sure. but there were not enough processors to get that beef to market. And so right. a beef processing or a meat processing Facility might be one of the, the folks who would be in line for these loans, and they're targeting smaller businesses mm. too.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the uh, with the rest of the loans, because you know, I my my concern about federal farm policy in general, and this is kind of a an, an exceptional example. This is not your normal uh, this is you're not you're not your normal funding stream. But my concern is that generally speaking, it tends to support larger operations. It tends to support processing over production, mm-hmm. and it tends to support what they call value-added. In this case, case taking a bunch of eggs and reducing them to powder. Uh, you know, Which, I for mean, some the,
2: purposes, could yeah, I be know, necessary. I, I know Not for, everybody has refrigeration. Sure, sure I get um, that. People don't have the storage space for I, I all those that. eggs. I get that. So, yeah. yes, these loans do favor processing over production. However, they also favor smaller Operations, for instance, in Panora, that is a town of a thousand people, mm. and the uh, the plant right now employs about thirty people, I believe, and they're going to add about seven jobs.
0: Okay, adding seven jobs because of the uh, eleven million.
2: Because they're going to increase their production yeah. by about fifty percent. Well,
0: that's like uh, over a million bucks per job. It's pretty good. Right.
2: right now, they're processing <laughs> about twenty-four million eggs per year. Yeah. And they'll be able to add, you know, I, add to that.
0: My my default position on on this kind of government intervention in the economy is, you have to make a really really strong case that it's needed. I, you know, I don't know. I I'm on the fence on this one. I, I don't. Uh, I'd have to learn more about it. I'm I'm not convinced that it's a good idea, but. Uh,
2: Well, Tom Vilsack says it's a good idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tom and I have—we don't always agree.
2: Well, we have a long
0: history of not agreeing. For people who don't know, yeah. Tom Vilsack is
2: USDA Secretary of Agriculture. Also, he was Iowa's former governor. And
0: also, he and I got elected to the lettuce edge of the same year. So we we have worked together, and we and we have we certainly have some things in common. And one thing I really respect Vilsack—he's very intelligent. Um, but he tends to be much more mainstream in his thinking that I like to be, than I'm mm-hmm. comfortable being. But I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess the, to me the verdict's still out on whether this is a good program. I get it, though, Kathy. You're saying that not all of us in all circumstances can eat fresh eggs.
2: That's right. And, uh, and, and I'm sad uh, about and, that. <laughs> and I've
0: gone, I've gone on camping trips, extended camping trips, where mm-hmm. I was really happy to have a bag of powdered eggs. Mm-hmm. Although, I tell you, I have gone on week-long camping trips where I actually took um, raw eggs
2: <laughs> powdered eggs aren't yeah. always only used to to make into scrambled eggs for people to eat they are put sure, into products in the, um, that can yeah. be baked goods well, yeah. etc on, on yep.
0: cambages, we added them the pancakes
2: mm-hmm. so anyway. yep.
0: yeah so we'll definitely have to do more on this as we see where these grants go so anyway hey uh, thanks kathy for joining us you bet uh thanks to our entire production team which includes kathy and myself ed fallon and our trusty squad of Sherry Herdina, Forrest Determan, and Charles Goldman. Thanks to our local small business partners, including Gateway Marketing Cafe, Architecture Biosynthesis, Story County Veterinary Clinic, Western Optometry, and Dr. David Drake Family Psychiatry. And thanks also to our nonprofit partners, Bold Iowa and Birds and Bees Urban Farm. Remember, your support for this program matters a lot, folks. So go to the Fallon Forum website, learn more about how you can make a difference. Uh, Thanks again, and we will be back next week with another hour of Cutting Edge Talk Radio.